Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. Once again, I am your host, Joey Crenwell, here with... Oh, you're not going to say my name, okay? It's Ron. <laughs> Ron. It's Ron. How are you doing, Ron? I'm alive. <laughs> I I totally get you. It was the first week of the semester, so these last two weeks have been super busy. But I had a really great first class yesterday. Um, so I'm teaching two different classes. One of them is English 203, which is freshman English. It's like the second class in a in a sequence of two that every student has to take and I structure this class like an open world video game I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast before but it's structured like an open world video game Um, we look at how video games can be rhetorical and all these kinds of things and so it's very video game centric Uh, students don't have to do that stuff they can do assignments on other things but we we look at video games pretty pretty closely but every semester I'm nervous because I'm like I know there are going to be some students who come in and they just don't like video games or they think this is like an like a video game class and it's not it's an English class it's a composition class um but I was it's a synchronous class so it's online over video and I introduce myself and introduce the class and where I record the video is like in front of my window where you can see my Super Nintendo behind me and like my shelves with my newer um, video games so like the PlayStation 4 and Xbox games and stuff like that and I have all my amiibo in front of those and I'm talking and like uh, you know introducing or explaining something and someone in the chat says oh all those games and someone else was like yeah I know and and she was like is that Dark Samus and the, that other student was like, it sure is. And they were like, I think I'm going to like this class now. And I was like, oh, my God, I was so excited. So I saw that and I was like, "Whoa, wow, like that's so exciting because I never really know what to expect with classes. But several people were expressing excitement about the video games. And so I was like, someone asked what my favorite game was. So I'm like, this is my favorite game. And I was like, what, what, what are your favorite games? And people are sharing all kinds of different games from all different genres and like a bunch of people are sharing and I was like this this is going to be a good semester so (laughs) I've been really busy but that was like a really encouraging start to the semester for me nice (laughs) (laughs) I worked all week well that's fun (laughs) yeah last week and a bachelor party over the weekend that was fun (laughs) well i'm hoping that this coming month i can come into the city and get a new video game tattoo and we can Mm, hang out a little bit even if it's just to get food or something you you looked real excited on the video there you're like "Mm, yeah yeah Mm. cool yeah this lighting is terrible on this video (laughs) um well let's talk about the news we don't have a lot of news this week and actually uh, Tab, who is still getting settled in to their new place and their new job and everything, is the provider of the news articles this week. They sent me a couple of links that they thought uh, we could talk about on the show. And the first one um, is right up their alley, so I'm not surprised that they were in tune with it. But um, there are a lot of Twitch streamers right now that have been, being, have been getting hate-rated um, by various people and or various people or groups i'm not really sure but they're protesting um the increased hate raids lately and how twitch isn't hasn't been doing anything about it so on september 1st a lot of streamers um you can look up an article i i don't i don't have like a list of names but 
um, they are just not going to be streaming. And there are a lot of people that are just not going to be using Twitch or attending um, any streams or anything like that on September 1st to, again, protest Twitch's lack of action. So these hate raids are basically um, targeting mostly, of course, marginalized groups and people. So a while ago, Twitch implemented new tags that people could use on their streams, um, particularly people of marginalized um, groups so that they could better uh, advertise themselves for people to find. But it ended up kind of backfiring because now all of these assholes out there, these really shitty, problematic people, have ways of finding these people and hate rating them. And so um, lots of people of, you know, streamers of color and uh, disabled streamers and queer streamers and things like that have been getting hate rated. Um, and the hate rating is like they'll have a bunch of bots come in and just start flooding the channel. They'll have users come in and start making offensive comments and things like that. And um, and Twitch hasn't really done anything substantial about it. And it's gotten to the point for me, this, what's frustrating is it's gotten to the point where people are doing that shitty victim blaming thing where they're like, oh, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? Why don't you go into sub sub only mode? Why don't you? And it's like, because they shouldn't have to, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be their responsibility to stop these people from doing shitty things. Um, and what's you, you would think like Twitch being such a big service, like they would have a better way to handle like people making, you know, bot accounts, multiple accounts, fake accounts, like the fact that people can do this and like seemingly pretty easily, uh, just seems kind of beyond fucked up. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to a previous discussion that we had about this kind of thing, it's a lot of it's cultural. And so twitch can't you know really root out the problem because the problem is people the problem is like this culture of toxicity in certain corners of gaming where where it's you know it's mainly white guys feeling threatened by people who don't look like them you know quote unquote stealing their hobby or their 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 spaces and so they're trying to push people out who don't look like them and you can't fix that like with moderating tools but there are things that Twitch can do to stop some of it or to help protect these streamers and they're not really doing it and it the reason it's demoralizing or or just kind of extra frustrating is you really get the sense that Twitch is more beholden to money than to people's safety. Of course, they won't say that. They'll put out they'll make like a committee and they'll put out statements being like we care about streamers and blah 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 blah. Um but the reality of it is, is if they took a really hard line on this stuff and started banning people permanently and being really harsh with their punishment for anyone who has anything to do with these raids or anything around them or toxic behavior, that would unfortunately mean banning a a fair number of people who theoretically might pay them money. Um, and and I don't think they're willing to do that. And it's it's you know, well, do you, it continues so to be. Do you think? like streamers actually like not streaming for a day is going to affect Twitch that much. That's my, that's my thing is like, I don't, I don't think this, I I don't think like a day of doing it's going to like hurt them. Like it'll, it'll get them enough to like say something and maybe do the the minuscule amount of things, but it's not going to, it's not going to force their hand in any way. I don't believe like, cause they're still going to get their money elsewhere. 
That's true, but I don't think it's meant to. I don't think it's meant to be. I think that's that's what they're saying, but I think it's more meant to um, have something to centralize coverage around and get and get outlets to cover it and get people mm-hmm. to talk about it because that's just not happening. Um, so if you stage a walkout, regardless of whether or not that company is going to lose all that much, because I the streamers that I saw listed in the articles that I read. They only named like a handful of streamers and sure those streamers probably have thousands of followers um and so yeah thousands of followers might not go to the site but are they not going to sub they've already subbed so i i don't think that in reality it's going to do much damage to twitch necessarily but i think it's gotten a lot of outlets covering it and saying you know because labor issues in the games industry has become kind of a hot topic and so um, I think it's associated with that of like people standing up to platform holders and content, you know, um, not marketers, but um, content. Well, I already said platform holders, basically, and and not accepting the status quo, basically. So um, I don't think it will actually do anything to their bottom line, but I think it's continuing to put pressure on them. So. So I won't be watching Twitch on September 1st, but I don't really watch Twitch much anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> I usually watch everything on YouTube that way after the fact. So yeah. I'm that type of person. Yeah. So um, I, I mean, and that's the thing about when Microsoft had. Um, oh, God, what was it called? What was their platform called? See, I don't even remember now. Mixler was their audio one. Mixer. Yeah. Mixer. Wait, what? No, wasn't it? I thought Mixer was just their audio one. Didn't they have another one? Did they? Um, I thought I thought that was their streaming platform too. Was it? Um, yeah, I think so. They so they had their own streaming platform, and the what I kept hearing was that it was wasn't perfect, but it was like a much safer, better place than Twitch in terms of encouraging and protecting marginalized people. And then they went under. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if there were an alternative for these streamers to go to, then I think that would be something that would be, okay. instead of staging like a one-day walkout, it would be more like, you know, let's let's all sign up. Let's all move over and make a big show of moving over to another platform. But Yeah, that's not going to happen not, because you have to, no happening. one's going to want to rebuild an entire audience. Yeah. Because a lot of people have already put money into Twitch and they're like, I don't want to put money into something else. Right. I don't and, know where I mean, it's going to go. Looking what happened with Ninja when Ninja left Twitch to sign up for Mixer. Mixer it was Mixer, was yes. It? I liked it was Mixer. Mixer, yeah. yeah. Um, he lost a huge, huge, huge amount of his audience. And then when he came back to Twitch, when Mixer went under, he hasn't regained that audience. So I feel like that's going to be a situation that scares a lot of streamers too, is like, if I go to another platform, I'm probably going to lose, you know, because if Ninja lost his audience, like there's no way I am me, a small streamer is going to. Well, he probably it, so. also lost a lot of his audience, too, because, you know, a lot of his audience turned 15. So <laughs> they went through puberty yeah. and <laughs> games are dumb. Um, yeah. I like boobs. Speaking of boobs, <laughs> I'm just that I'm going to just do that for every transition. But it's true. So the next story that Tab sent is about cyberpunk. There's boobs in cyberpunk. There are, yes, mean, you are not wrong. <laughs> uh, there's a new cyberpunk patch, cyberpunk 2077 patch that includes free DLC. That got me kind of excited. But then I looked it up and it's not substantial. Like there's a little bit more Keanu Reeves content, um, Johnny Silverhand content. 
Um, there's some free clothing that you get, and I think there's a free car. Um, so not bad as far as free DLC goes, but um, and and apparently it fixes like the driving. Uh, Does it fix the driving? It fixes the driving. You don't have to drive anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know about that, but um, yeah, that was a that was one of those things that was really disappointing about that game was the driving. I use the motorcycles because I feel like those were actually those actually handled pretty well. Um, but that's only because it's such a small, there's not a lot to do with that, but the cars yeah. felt like the cars feel like you're turning boxes. on like a pivot, like you're right, not like turning with the wheels. Like, yeah, it's like, it's yeah. Nah. Yeah. And the bike did too, but it's so small that like it was harder to tell yeah. that your tires weren't actually turning. Um, but I, I, I do remain sort of interested and excited in cyberpunk 2078 or whatever the sequel is called because I think the core of it was interesting, but there's just there were so many rough edges in that game. But um, did you end up finishing it? No, I'm I'm waiting for the the next gen patch to come out because oh that's I, right. I got to the point where I'm just like this game's like really broken and like I can't wait for inter- in incremental updates to be able to play it. So I'm just gonna wait until then, which you know it was supposed to be March, uh, and now it's August and still not here. Did they? Did they say this year? I thought I remember hearing an up. I'm not positive about this. Don't quote me on it. But I thought I remember hearing something that was like end of year, and it was very vague. So I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see a yellow uh, text box coming up probably in November, saying that it's going to be coming out later. So 2022. (laughs) I saw uh, it was a it was the the core game Cyberpunk 2077 was on sale for like ten dollars everywhere last week. It was. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> There's some rough edges, but ten dollars, damn. That's, uh, yeah, it's I mean, rare yes, to see as long as you big. don't have like a base PS4, yeah, probably go ahead and get it. Yeah, still don't know how it is on um, base PS4. I didn't try it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, well, what what have we been playing? What have you what have you been you've been working on? I don't know. I don't playing? know, Joey. What have I been playing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the notes say that you've been playing. Uh, let me put my my imaginary glasses on here. Everybody's balls is yeah, that correct? That's weird. I was typing everybody's golf, and all of a sudden, balls just appeared on the <laughs> on the text document. That was really weird, as they often do. Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know what you were writing. I just I was in the notes document, and I was like just making sure everything was there. And I see you pop in, and you start entering your name, and I literally just put the cursor there and started writing balls. And at the same exact time, you were writing everybody's. So it wrote out everybody's balls. <laughs> what I was trying I was to say like, is I've been yeah. playing everybody's golf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is really fun. Uh, that's about that's about the only thing I've... Well, I've also been playing... Try to get a refund for two failed purchases of everybody's golf. Um, I trying, oh, I saw that. Yeah, I was trying to buy the game on the, the PlayStation app, the official PlayStation app. I'm doing it in bed, and I get to the checkout, and I'm like, checkout. And it's like an error occurred. I'm like, huh, that's weird. So I'm like, I go back and I check the card again. It's still in the cart. And I check my account, make sure it didn't go through. Nope, didn't go through. And I'm like, try it again. I click it again. Like just as I'm clicking it, I get a notification from PayPal. Yeah, PayPal, you paid Sony $10. I'm like, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, did it go through and not go through? So I go back and I check and still no game. And then all of a sudden I get another email. You paid Sony ten dollars. I'm like, what the fuck, really? Because <laughs> it aired out again on the second time. So then I go 
to the system. I turn it on. No, I don't have it. Still, let me buy it. And then I was able to buy it and purchase it. No problem. And, hmm. you know, I've heard the horror stories of people like doing chargebacks to Sony and then getting their accounts banned, you know, because Sony. Um, so I'm like, I really don't want to do a chargeback. Like, I want to make sure that like whatever I do, uh, I'm not going to get my account banned. So I try doing their first, I try doing their chat support and the person who was helping me like, I don't think they understood what was happening. And so like, I didn't really get a good resolution from them as far as like, I wasn't very confident that I wasn't going to get banned if I did a chargeback. So I'm like, okay, I'll wait till tomorrow. Try again, try to get out of the chat and I can't get in the chat. Like it's like, there's a huge queue of people. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just wait. And then I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I, like, I forgot about it. I was looking at something else. And then like, all of a sudden I see like, I'm in the chat and I'm like, oh, and then it's like, oh, you timed out. I'm like, fuck. So I had to wait again. It was like an hour in the queue too, like 300 Jeez. something people. And like, it took an hour. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to try calling. I try calling. You can't do a refund thing unless you have a, a reference number, which I don't have a reference number. And the only way to get a reference number is to actually do a refund process but i'm not trying to do refund i'm trying to get rid of duplicate charges so then i eventually got on the chat support again i explained the situation they said that you know they only see one charge on their end so disputing the other two i shouldn't have a problem so i disputed okay. it with paypal and i got a reference number and all that stuff so now i'm just waiting to hear back from paypal and then which is dumb too you can only dispute one charge at a time even though there's like three charges from the same thing for the same amount, right. I can only do one at a time. So I have to wait for one and then probably have to do the other one and wait for it again. So that's the game I've been playing. Did you get any trophies for that? No. Or you have to wait until you beat it and then you... I, yeah. <laughs> I have to wait and then I'll get the You've Been Banned trophy yeah. for disputing an account <laughs> or disputing a it charge. better be a gold, gold trophy at least. Um, yeah, I've mostly had... I've had mixed experiences with video game customer service uh, stuff, but something like that, I just just seems. I think one of the one of the problems. Uh, this is just a guess, but like when I call them about stuff, it seems like they have they probably have some kind of software on their computer, and they have to go through this like checklist. Oh yeah, and like if your all, problem all support stuff. Like you have to go through like you know the basic things because then then they could say like. Well, if you didn't do this and this is the fix, then like we could have saved a bunch of time. So they still, that's why whenever you call support, they're like, have you tried turning it off, turning it back on? They want you to go through the, all the motions so they can check them off their list. Um, right. But if your problem doesn't fit those things, it's like everything breaks down and it doesn't matter how simple you break that problem down and you're like, here's, I just did this, this, and now this happened. They're like, I don't. But did like, you try turning understand. it off? Could you, could you just try turning it off again just to see? Just yeah, or they'll try to make it fit into one of those categories on the on the checklist. Like they'll be like, "Well, um, if your account is like this," and you're like, "But it's not. I already said that." Like I'm it, like, just listen to the sentences. Put the program aside for a second. Just listen to what I'm telling you. And it sounds like that might be the problem with yours too. That's what it was when I had a huge issue with Microsoft and the Rock Band for mm. DLC that Pearl Jam album and it was so it was infuriating because they kept trying to come back to you like oh well it's got to be this well it's got to be this and i'm like no and i can't i don't remember the specifics of it but it was like no because if it was that then this would have happened and that didn't happen and they just kept being like well um let's try reinstalling i'm like you try i tried that four times already it was just 
it was maddening um but what what other what what else besides everybody's golf that's that's playing? pretty much it trying to get that money back and then that's probably probably <laughs> gonna go ahead and buy quake once i get that money back in there um that's what you were trying to buy right no i was trying to buy everybody's golf because oh. it was on sale and i'm like oh i need to get it because it's gonna go off sale you know tomorrow so i'm like i better do it now right before bed and then everything got locked up i hope gary bought it he was supposed to he was supposed to probably didn't son of a bitch um speaking of quake though that is one of the games that i've been playing um that's the only new game i've been playing but i'm only a couple levels in yeah yeah the only new (laughs) new new old game um that i've been playing but quake remastered what's there's another thing to it it's like expanded not expanded it's like enhanced i think it's enhanced like quake remastered enhanced so came out so quake quake con just went on and they they announced that they're re-releasing the remasters of is it the first three quake games um i i believe the first three okay well they only released the first one so far it's only 10 bucks i went out and got it on ps5 oh no the um, um the other two were going on Game Pass. That's what it was. Oh, damn it. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, I don't have Game Pass yet. Shit. Um, which sucks because I really, that Quake 2 is the one that I really... Well, and Quake 3, but yeah. e- either way. Um, I'm playing Quake 1, and I'm only a couple levels in, but it is a lot of fun so far. It's, it took a little bit to get used to because that style of first-person shooter is so much... It's just based on movement, mostly like horizontal movement so moving left and right and like dodging um you don't aim so i sent you a funny tweet because someone had i think i sent it maybe you sent it to me you sent it to Um, me yeah someone had posted a a help question (laughs) i think it was to the steam forums and they were like how do you aim down sites (laughs) you're already (laughs) aiming down the sites you just that's it you're doing it that's the game sorry (laughs) But that's it. Like, there's no zooming. There's not a lot of like uh, vertical movement, and so it's just kind of sliding around, and and it's it's all about timing. It does and have so the it, look up and down, as opposed to like you know games. Yeah, that, that was that was new for that time. Right, kinda. and so you could get a headshot, kind of, or a body shot. Like that, there were two, at least two regions, um, but it was difficult to do that. I don't think the game expected you to to really do that, um, but. I am liking it. I didn't play... I don't think I played it to completion on N64. I think I did for Quake 2. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm making my way through it. I think it's fun. And lots of brown. Just brown everywhere. As soon as I loaded it up, it was like, brown, 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 downtown, let's go. And uh, How does it look in 4K? It looks pretty good. I mean, it's weird because it's such old school design. Everything looks so old, but it's all so smooth and crisp. It's very very weird because <laughs> like we were talking about before the show like we've played some of like the remakes of these older first person shooters like the first um, wolfenstein game mm. being included in uh the newer wolfenstein games and it's super smooth but all looks super pixely and all that like it like it did back in the day um but this game everything looks smoothed out so it's just it's not blurry it's not jagged or anything it just looks so it's it's just a really interesting look but yeah, it runs really smoothly, looks really good. Um, I'm still playing Persona 5. I'm almost to the end of the Persona 5 story. 
and then I have the Persona 5 Royal stuff to go after that. Um, and then Microsoft Flight Sim. And that one, I am learning that the co-pilot that you can hand the controls off to, not not very good. I don't know where they got their license, but I what I've been doing is like I'll if I'm gonna if I have something else to do like lesson planning or like a, a meeting. I had a couple meetings this last week. Before the meeting, I will start a flight, like a short flight, like a two or three hour flight, and I'll take off and I'll get up to altitude. And then I'll give it, I'll give controls to the auto or the co-pilot um, and just let him do the cruising while I'm in my meeting or whatever. And then when the flight's over, I'll take control back and land. And I'm like, that's a nice little compromise kind of thing. Um, it allows me to do flights that are longer because I, otherwise I wouldn't really have time. And uh, one time the, I had done a few, done that successfully a few times. And then there was one time where I was doing that in Russia somewhere and I was taking off from like a fucking highway or something in the rain. It was like heavy thunder and like, th- you know, everything. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be exciting. So I take off myself, but it's like I can't see anything without my instruments. So I'm looking at the instruments and there's mountains right ahead of me. And I'm like, oh, man, I have to do this. So I, I get up above the mountains and I feel like I'm in a comfortable spot. And so then I'm like, oh, OK, I feel pretty good. I'm at cruising altitude. I give the controls to the co-pilot. He looks like he's doing his thing. So I walk away and I, I go into the other room to like make dinner or something and I hear my controller vibrating on the table. I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck? So I run back in the room and my plane is upside down in the mountains. And the thing is, the game doesn't let you crash. Like if you go to crash, it just goes to a black screen. So I think the game has it was like conflicted because it was like didn't want to admit that it crashed. So it didn't crash. The plane was still running and not destroyed, but it was just flipped upside down on the mountains, just sitting there. And so I like pick it up and I'm trying to like do something with them. Like maybe it'll like, pop off the ground or something and it couldn't. So I, I reloaded it uh, and I took off again myself and I went in a different direction and got over the mountains again and flew for a little while, flew for like 20 minutes to where the mountains were less, uh, there were less peaks and stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is good. Um, again, put it on co-pilot and I was like, I'm going to watch it for a little bit. So I watch it for a little bit. He's fine. He's doing good. And then I'm like, got to go to the bathroom or whatever I did. And I go to the bathroom and I come back and he's upside down in the fucking mountains. (laughs) Like, what do you, how hard is this? Do you see me leave? And you're like, well, you know what? I'm out too. And you just give up. So you're trying to to do autopilot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He gave the controls back to me. He's like, well, I got to go to the bathroom too. Here you go. Um, so that, that's been a learning experience. And also, Joe, you didn't say no tag backs. So you know <laughs> so he just beep and he just sat there and watched us crash uh and that 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 happened later too i was flying over the desert and i was like it's a desert there's no mountains to get in the way so you know there shouldn't be any confusion and i walk out and i come back in and i'm upside down in some bushes great cool thanks um again it doesn't count at a crashes though i so. love how you're upside down too every single time every time you're just every on your time, back yep. like yep how does that even happen right because if i wasn't i could take off again and i've tried like the one time i was in the hills i was trying to like slide because my plane was sliding very slowly and i was like if i can just slide out of the hills i can flip this baby over no um and then i was also flying so a long time ago like years ago i saw i think it was a tweet or maybe a facebook post but someone posted empire state of mind that jay-z alicia keys song yeah um, and they posted a clip from the video and they put their own lyrics over it. 
so it was the same it was the song it was the everything but they put they they put their own lyrics over it and the caption of the video was something like you'll never hear this song the same again and the the lyrics that they put over it were um new york uh wet dream oh shit what was it oh yeah concrete jungle wet dream tomatoes and i was like shit i was like damn that does kind of sound like what they say and like I was haunted by that because I'm flying in Microsoft Flight Sim over New York and I'm flying around. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I'm going to I'm going to zip down over Central Park. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buzz the, you know, Empire State Building, go over, see the and the whole time the song is playing in my head. But I I keep hearing concrete jungle, wet dream tomatoes. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. I'm like, I don't even remember the words. And I'm like, they were right. Then for years ago, this post, they were like, you'll never hear this. I'm, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't hear, I don't is, even know what, what the lyrics are. What is the fucking lyrics? <laughs> See? <laughs> is it concrete jungle where dreams are made of or what dreams are something, made of? Something where dreams are made of, I think. Like dreams tomatoes? <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> it's a shit. I didn't do it. They did it to me. <laughs> But I have been continuing to have fun. Um, I took off from Maxwell Air Force Base, where I was stationed when I was in the Air Force. Um, did you when see? You any, get, you, did you see any planes there? I. <laughs> my mom. He's referencing. I so I lived on base at Maxwell Air Force Base. So I lived on an Air Force base, and my was I was having a phone call with my mom at the time, and I had just gone into the Air Force, and we're from Chicago, and so we're used to planes from O'Hare and Midway and everything, and like you know planes in the sky, and I'm on the phone with my mom, and she's like asking me like how how different is it there and all these things, and she's like. I bet I bet you don't hear planes anymore. Like I bet I bet you miss the sound of planes from like O'Hare, and I'm like uh no i actually hear more planes <laughs> i hear like big planes and jets and stuff like i you know and i live like two miles from them like it's you know it's concrete not, jungle not different where dreams are made of that's, that's what i thought but i'm like that grammatically where dreams are made of concrete jum- of jungle comma where dreams are made of that right. sort of where dreams are made of <laughs> anyway <laughs> played some overcooked huh yeah i played some overcooked um finished that up with uh paul and amy and jacqueline jacqueline there's no d in her name um jacqueline and russell uh and Man, we were not feeling it. This the first time we played, we played Overcooked one, and we were like in the groove doing our thing. And this time we were just failing spectacularly. But it was really fun. That's a really fun game, and I hope hope Gary gets that one too. So I think that. Gary did buy that. He did buy that. Okay, one for sure. Good. So yeah, we'll have to play that. Play that soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we should play Grand Theft Auto Five soon, so we can get into a plane together, and then I'll hand off my controls to you, and then you can. Turn us upside down and land us on a mountain. Yeah. Concrete jungle, but, um, smelly what cheese. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, smelly cheese. Um, okay, so that's what we have been playing, and to transition to our 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 main course, which is popular music and video games, um, that came up because of Quake. So Quake had the first Quake. It, the soundtrack is done by Nine Inch Nails. 
a popular industrial rock band. And at the time, we had heard about this. So this is like early days of the internet. And so most of the time you'd hear stuff by like, maybe you'd see it on a message board or like a rumor or something like that. I don't remember where we heard it, but we heard that Nine Inch Nails did the soundtrack to Quake. And not only that, but there was a nail gun in the game. And the nail gun had like a Nine Inch Nails logo, which is just Nin, N-I-N. Um, and then the boxes of ammunition of the, the nails had the Nin logo as well. And we were super excited about that. We were both big Nine Inch Nails fans. So we were like, that's so cool. That's awesome. But we didn't have PCs that could run Quake, I don't think, at the no, time. No, definitely not at the time. But we had N64s. And so we were like, we'll go get the N64 version. So we ran over, like, I think it was, I don't, I don't think we found it on day one. Am I right? Didn't it take us like days or maybe even a couple weeks to get it? I think so, yeah. We're running over trying, we're like, because we had to find it used. Because at that point in time, I think Quake 2 was already out. So we're running to like all these used game stores in the mall and everywhere. And we finally find it. And we're like so excited. And we go home and we pop it in. And like the, the opening screen comes up and the music starts playing. And we're like, oh, huh. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not nice nails best work but it's cool that it's in there and then we start playing and we get the the nail gun and we're like wait a minute there's no there's no nine inch nails logo and that sort of we we came to this realization that they probably weren't in the n64 version of the game we thought i think at the time because it was like too controversial because they they were a pretty controversial band um so we thought maybe nintendo was like no 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 i want to fuck you like an animal band in our game I think it probably had more to do with like licensing. Oh yeah, that was that was like our like our that. first I- introduction to licensing and how it works in games and yeah. or anything. Yeah, but really. we were, and then we were because the whole time I think we were trying to convince ourselves that like this music's not bad, it's not terrible, but it, it wasn't Nine Inch Nails. So <laughs> I mean, it was it was um, derivative of Nine Inch. It's derivative of the original soundtrack, but it's yeah. not the original soundtrack at all. Right. Yeah. And it was it was pretty good. It just wasn't what we expected. And um, so now when I played the the PlayStation version that I'm playing now and I one of the first weapons I got was the nail gun and the box said nine inch nails. I was like, damn, that's cool. So and it was actually like um, a big deal that they, they apparently like the license for like the music was like lost in limbo for a while because it was like. I guess there was some still like Interscope stuff with that, too, which is mm. why it was being like having a hard time getting that game re-released or something like that i don't know there's something about that about the fact that it um i saw something about that about the getting the license was a kind of a big deal i can't i didn't read it i didn't read too deep into it i just thought i'm like oh interesting and then should have probably read that before the podcast (laughs) well i saw that nine snails are selling the vinyl um of the soundtrack on their site so i've been i've been wanting to get that for a while i just haven't the trigger on it yet yeah i don't i'm i won't get the vinyl but i think i'm gonna get like the digital version or something but you um, know if you get that, a pc copy you can just rip the audio off the uh, the pc copy it's on there so that's true it's probably cheaper than probably the soundtrack cheaper than it did. yeah <laughs> so um but that i think got us thinking and we have a list of topics that we want to talk about and music and games was on there but you specifically were like, why don't we talk about music and games? And I was like, yeah, like I like that idea of talking about not just like video game soundtracks or scores, but actual like popular artists in video games. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, but one of the things that 
we came to a quick realization of, at least I did, was that popular music and video games has become ubiquitous. So we're not covering everything, of course, like sports games, the 2K games, Madden. They always have music from contemporary artists and stuff like that. So, um, but like, I don't think it hurts to, to look back at some of the more interesting kind of standouts. Or at least the ones um, that like started doing it because, you know, like, you know, man, Oh, one, I don't think really had, they didn't have EA tracks on there. I, right. I don't think EA tracks started until like the mid or early two thousands. Maybe that sounds right. Yeah. So like if they did have a song, it was like just a short clip and it would be playing, you know, in between, uh, you know, in between, uh, cuts and stuff like that, but it was never really predominantly featured in the game or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And then I started thinking back, like, how far back does it go? And of course, one of my the first games that came to mind was Aerosmith's Revolution X. I feel like that's one of the most popular um, that a lot of people know about because it was a very popular arcade game. I feel like every arcade that I ever went to had it. Um, but it was a game that starred Aerosmith. And I don't I'm having trouble remembering. it. I, I didn't look it up, but they're in the game. And I remember them being on stage and playing, but you don't play Aerosmith, No, right? you're supposed to save Aerosmith. Right. We're using the power of rock. <laughs> you what was laugh. the gameplay? I don't even remember. <laughs> um, it's a secret government thing to... Dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> It was, I think it was first person. It was, it was, and I just, it was a light gun game. It was like, you know, along the lines of like the, the Terminator 2 light gun game and all that stuff. Just like, right. you know, standing shooter. I think it's developed by this, uh, uh, who's it developed by? That was uh, part of Midway, Midway Williams. Um, okay. It was a rail shooter, if you want to give it the specific uh house of the dead yeah like let's see uh plot uh dystopian version of 1996 alliance of corrupt government and corporate military forces have taken control of the world <laughs> under the guise of the <laughs> new order nation non the non with their vampish commander headmistress helga have declared war on youth culture anyone aged 13 to 30 damn we're not youth culture uh, banned oh, all man, forms of music, television, <laughs> magazines, and video games. Uh, I gotta see Helga. I bet I know exactly what she looks like. She looks like a portrayed by probably, right? oh uh, portrayed by Carrie Hoskins, who was Sonia. Oh shit! Okay, so yeah, and and they did. Isn't it full motion video? I mean, like they yeah. I mean, it was midway. Aerosmith. It was yeah, yeah. So like, or not full motion video. It was like digitized video. I don't think there's any right any full motion anything in there other than the digitized stuff so you know them doing like motions like this like repeated over and over again (laughs) for (laughs) do that again on the camera doing what (laughs) i don't see so for for no i don't think everybody needs to know that it looks like i'm just jacking off he's playing (laughs) he's playing a guitar but his his (laughs) That the hand that he's holding the shit. neck yeah the hand that he's holding the the neck of the guitar is off camera so you just see his strumming hand and you only see him from the waist up so it, it very specifically looks like he's not playing guitar but he's doing some some other illicit activity cranking it to um, Aerosmith <laughs> 
but then I thought, you know, Aerosmith, that, that game was pretty early. But then I'm like, when did Rock and Roll Racing come out? Rock and Roll Racing for the SNES, which is a, I think it's a that's Blizzard an, game. That's a Blizzard game, yes. Right? And that always, I think, surprises people. But that game came out in the early to mid-90s as well on the Super Nintendo. And that game had MIDI versions of... Um, like Highway Star by Deep Purple, Paranoid by Black Sabbath was the one I remembered really well, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf, and like a few other like really well-known classic rock so- rock songs. I think it was on the Genesis as well, but yes. the version I had was on the uh, Super Nintendo, and I loved that game in part because it had real music in it, quote-unquote real music, um, which just means music that I, I recognize outside aware of, of video games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was such a fun game. I really liked the controls and the progression and all that stuff. It was very nineties. Like you were one of the characters was like Rip Torn, I think the name was. Hold on, I think I have a page open here. Um it was like Rip Torn uh Shred. Um Rip Torn, not the actor. <laughs> Loudmouth Larry was the commentator. Uh, it was it was just, it was so 90s and I would love it's the kind of game where if I if I was a streamer, I would probably revisit that because I mean, they did do that. That's part of the uh, Blizzard arcade collection. I had. Yeah, I'd heard that. Uh, and I heard it like and you could switch between the Super Nintendo version and the Genesis version. Oh, uh, wow. So you can like get both of like the the the, the uh, synthesizer chips uh, to you can hear how bad the Genesis version actually sounds. <laughs> Uh, apparently the super <laughs> nintendo version was the superior sound quality in that game yeah it sounded it sounded really good at the time um and and that for me was sort of my start of like the excitement that came with like i said nowadays it's ubiquitous it's like hearing popular musicians and song in games is like not not a surprise at all no one like blinks at it really but at the time it felt very cool just like with um green jelly that did the soundtrack to maximum carnage that spider-man and venom game for the super nintendo which again maybe i don't remember if i think it was on genesis as well it was yeah um but they did the soundtrack and green jelly wasn't a big band but you could tell starting the game up that it wasn't typical video game music and it sounded like that early 90s sloppy kind of green day-esque punk it was sloppier than green day but like it was this very like rough kind of punk music it was it was like it, on, was, it was on the cusp of like metal and punk like yeah hair metal becoming punk sort of thing oh that's a good that's a good way to put it yeah um i mean they were I remember they were loving, a mock hair metal band so yeah that yeah that, that makes sense i i I remember loving that soundtrack. Again, I didn't know who Green Jelly was until I played that game, but I still to this day You don't remember Three ha- Little Pigs? Those songs will pop. That oh shit, that was them? That was that was yes, that was them. That was that That's, was Yeah. That was the jam. Yeah, that, because that they used to play that on those late night video things where you could call in the box. and like request. Was that what it was called? The box, yeah. Oh man, that's like that takes me back. You it they, it was like not on MTV. It was some local thing. And you could call in and request videos. And that's where I would see like that video and like the Weird Al Jurassic Park video. And that Ugly Kid Joe video. Yeah. Um, that really weird U2 video. 
really numb weird. was it numb maybe i don't know offhand it was like feet being pushed on their faces and stuff is this, really is this youtube's only fans should be <laughs> which get it while it's hot because all that content's going away <laughs> um <laughs> that's a story i we should i wanted to cover but i'm like i can't find a way to we can't shoot video it. Games yeah, we can't shoot horn games in that um there are there are some video game cosplayers who post on OnlyFans, but there's not. I mean, not as long as it's not sexually me. sexually explicit, they should be okay. Whatever yeah. sexually explicit means, come October. Yeah, exa- exactly. Come, yeah, not come uh-huh, October. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but November's I just right, to hit record, right after. <laughs> I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous, and they better course correct because. I think they're in trouble if they. If they I, I've already seen them that. like post something about like sex work is work too, and I've seen like a lot of responses like, "Hey, fuck off." Yeah, <laughs> so. fuck yeah, fuck you. It's you know, sex work is work, except this specific type of sex work. You have to go find work elsewhere. Yeah. Anyway, Assholes. anyway, anyways. So, do you remember before we get to like? Because I feel like there are some games like the Tony Hawk games where video game soundtracks started becoming a thing. But before we get there, let's let's. I I feel like I'm absolutely monopolizing this discussion. What do you remember about these early, like Genesis SNES era games? Um, Are there any that pop out to you that you? As far as like having like real music or somewhat real music, or I mean, other other than those, like not not particularly like, um. Nothing. I mean, I know we've we've talked about like after the bag because I never played like Earthbound and I didn't really play too much Chrono Trigger, uh, but I know like you you pointed out like hey these songs like sound the same as this song and all that stuff and and then like I started listening to it and like oh yeah that does have you know like you know Pink Floyd's The Trial is in Chrono mm-hmm. Trigger during the trial scene it's not exactly the same but you know it's pretty close, close. and yeah. then you know characters you know being named after musicians and stuff like that like i mean now it's all localization at that point um but still nonetheless like there's still those musical influences and stuff like that in those games i just never i never put them together because i was a nerd at that time so i didn't know a lot of cool music so <laughs> i was a nerd at the time so i didn't realize <laughs> That. I'm sorry, I was a dweeb at the time. Is that better? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. That there were so we're talking about explicit popular music in Maximum Carnage and Rock and Roll Racing, but in games like Chrono Trigger and Earthbound, there were these nods to classic rock, and that's a perfect example. The trial, I forgot to add, I didn't even add that to the notes, but the trial is very reminiscent of Pink Floyd's the song The Trial, and then uh, as you mentioned in localization, the names of these certain um, bosses and mini bosses were changed to classic or not, not even classic at the time. It was contemporary, contemporary musicians. Yeah. So like Ac- slash flea and Ozzy. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this band essentially of, of, of musicians or mini bosses. Um, and then there was like, there's another character named Johnny later in the game that, his song when he comes on sounds a lot like Rick Astley's um, never going to give you up. And people have pointed that out. And then there's another song. Oh shit. I should have wrote these down, but there's another song later that sounds like a Phil Collins song. I think it is. So there's like all of this like influence from classic rock. And then in earthbound there, one of the, one of like the fan theories about why they haven't, they hadn't released 
earthbound for any of the contemporary Nintendo games up until they did was that they sample a Beatles song in one of their weirdly sort of remixed um, songs. And I think the I think it's true that they do, but they've never had any issues with licensing because it's not super recognizable. But there's a yellow submarine in the game. There's a band that's like the Blues Brothers. So like in these Japanese games, there's like all these nods to American music musicians and, and music, um, but they're not super explicit. But outside of rock and roll racing and and uh, Maximum Carnage, I can't think of many like you said. So I think it shows that like popular musicians weren't really in a lot of these early games in part because it was difficult to get the actual music in the game Mm -hmm. you had to do like a midi version of it and i don't think a lot of musicians were probably particularly interested in that and these companies probably weren't interested in playing paying tons of money to have these versions yeah i'm sure like the rock and roll racing it was just like these are these songs are cheap like right now because they're you know that that era of classic rock was kind of falling by the wayside and didn't yeah. really have a resurgence for like another like 10 years after that where we were like oh no these bands are actually still really good and these songs are really good sort of thing yeah and then we move into the playstation era cd playstation n64 right see that's why i say mostly just playstation because there weren't a lot of examples for the n64 but yeah that cd media allowed uh, and they had a separate sound chip if i remember correctly in the playstation um so you could have real music playing alongside your games and it sounded really good it wasn't perfect but you had um games like oh this just popped off the top of my head road rash <laughs> for <you>. the <laughs> god damn it <laughs> i'm just i'm just a wealth of knowledge what can i say um ron literally just wrote it in the t- <laughs> in the notes document that we have uh, but yeah, I forgot about that one. I yeah. loved that. It had Soundgarden. Alice in Chains. Soundgarden. It had, it Alice in Chains. It had good Sugar Ray, like before yeah. that shitty album made him really popular. And I love I loved that about that game. Yeah. It was, it integrated it into the, well, I didn't really integrate it into the gameplay, but, no, it, was, but it was there. It was a big part like, of that yeah, game. But that, yeah. that was only on the CD version. So like the 3DO right. PlayStation version, the Genesis version didn't have any of this stuff. So... And then the early Tony Hawk games, as I think we mentioned earlier, same thing. Like you had all this really great popular punk music mm-hmm. and, and less popular too, some ob- obscure stuff, punk and alternative um, as soundtracks to these games. So you're doing these things like, you know, racing a motorcycle and beating the crap out of people or skating and you're listening to real music. And it was such a thrill at the time. Yeah. Like, well, and sp- like they did make it work a little bit on the 64 version of Tony Hawk. Like you did get like some truncated, you know, loops of, you know, police truck and stuff like that. Um, obviously cut down and looped instead of like, you know, two minutes of the song. Um, right. That was always kind of like the bummer though, that they did like kind of cut those songs down to just that like two minute sort of thing. Um, although in the, in the re the HD remaster for the, one and two, uh, they get the full songs in and it's, it's kind of fun to go back to that and have that play. Um, yeah, like that was probably the beginning of like really getting licensed music in games, but you didn't think about it like too much at the time. Like, cause it was just like, Oh, it's just, it's kind of, it's novel to have this in here because that's what people will be doing. Like during this, like 
you know, maybe listen to some punk music while skating or listening to Soundgarden while beating the shit out of someone with a chain on a motorcycle. Because that's, you know, that happened all the time. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Another one was Crazy Taxi. Didn't that have licensed music? It did have licensed music. But that was way later. That was like 2000, 99, 2000. Yeah. So I had, what was that, Offspring that had... uh. Offspring. Yeah, I think it had two offspring, didn't it? I was gonna say <laughs> there was. What else? Um, God, what else is in crazy? I I only ever remember offspring. Same here. Like I'm, I'm thinking of and take me to the Tower Records. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was. I mean that that actually that's a different issue. But they had licensed companies in there too. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I would call it licensed because they had to get the um franchise logo and all that stuff. But they had. Kentucky Fried Ticket, Chicken, Tower Records. Uh, did they have Taco Bell? Was that? Uh, I mean, that is a yum brand. So, yeah, um, they had several restaurants and bookstores, and you know that's what they. You know, passengers would, would jump in and say, "Take me to the KFC," as you're blasting Offspring. Oh, it was Offspring and, like, and Bad Religion. Although I don't remember the Bad Religion songs. Same. Yeah, mostly just Offspring. <laughs> But yeah, like that, it was that would like you said, it was a little bit later, but not much, like four or five years. Yeah, okay. But, um, but it was in that same vein of like they have this idea for driving, mostly a lot of driving and skateboarding, like you know, games where you're moving, um, and then music playing along with them. But I think the Tony Hawk soundtracks were great. One of the the turning points, I think for me was the vice city for the PlayStation two mm-hmm. because that soundtrack was so epic in scope. And it basically the, the idea of it was that they were going to have, you'd have several radio stations as you did in grand theft auto three, but most of that music was made specifically for the game. If I remember yeah, correctly. there was all of it was like original songs with the exception of the uh, classical station. Right, and I, which and there was that like throwback station that had like stuff from like movie soundtracks and stuff like that, like the Flash FM or right, Flashback right. FM, whatever it was called, with Tony. Uh, but I mean, yeah, a majority of the, those songs were all written originally for Grand Theft Auto Three, with like a couple that came from like the original Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah, like as far as licensed games like or licensed soundtrack that was like a pivotal point one because it was so like the scope of it was so big Mm -hmm. and two it did such a great job of immersing you into the game itself too it wasn't like it's just like oh here are these songs that are you know kind of reminiscent to it like there's points in the game where like this song specifically plays during this point in you know to set up the scene and all that stuff too and it's also on the soundtrack um also to have it like pretty much unedited at the time i mean granted the only one that they had was uh uh what's it called he's oh, i can't think of the name of the song now everybody's balls yes everybody yeah. everybody's balls <laughs> uh give me a second keep talking yeah i was so because they had uh, they came out with a box set I bought the box. It was very expensive. I, I have think, it too. I remember yes. it was like 80 bucks or something. It was very expensive, quick, but it was like... Quick note on the soundtrack. It says the yeah. uh, buggles are on it on the actual CD version, but they're not actually on what? there. Yeah. Video oh, killed, the video killed the radio star is supposed to be on, on that box set. It says if you look on the back of the actual box, it says the buggles. Huh. They're not on that compilation at all. 
so video games killed the cd uh, just stop. i know that was just that stop. was terrible um but yeah, they had this massive box set, multiple CDs, a CD for every station in the game. And that was part of it was each station was its own genre. So they had like the classic rock station. They had like the new wave station, the hip hop station and like the easy listening station. Like and every station had licensed songs from that genre. So you'd be flipping through your because there was a lot of driving in the game. Of course, you'd be driving and flipping through the station and hear licensed song after licensed song and it was so integrated naturally into the the game that it like you said it immersed you more it made you feel like you were really driving through like a living version of a fictional version of miami from the 1980s yeah uh romeo voids never say never that's the song i'm thinking of uh because uh she says uh i don't give or they don't give a fuck about the uh grin on your face and they didn't bleep that out that's the first time that they basically kind of I think that was like probably the first game that fuck got through um, mm-hmm. in a mature rated game at that time. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look that up and see, at least on a console. Yeah. Um, but then jump forward to the next game, San Andreas, which not only like took that step further and like expanded the soundtrack, but then also integrated a system to randomly play songs. So it wasn't, you know, Vice City and three GTA three, like it was a soundtrack like you basically like when you put on the station it's going to play these songs in order so you know once this song comes or once this song comes on the next song is going to be this and then that like you basically knew the order of uh all the songs and in san andreas they changed it up to where it kind of randomized it a little bit where like you're not always going to get the same song one after another uh which i always thought was neat that was a that was a nice little nice little touch also had a really good soundtrack too it did. I there are certain songs in those games that I associate with those games now. Like um what was the Tom Petty song? Uh Running Running Down a Dream. Running Down a Dream. Yeah, I th- I think of San Andreas when I hear that song. I'd known that song very well before the game came out, but that sensation of flying cuz that was another thing that to connect back to Microsoft Flight Simulator in San Andreas, that was the first game where you could really fly mm-hmm. and it was still very limited. But you could fly like a crop duster, and the, I, it's one of the clearest video game memories that I have of like being so excited. We'd heard about that, and you and I like were so into it. So we both got the game when it came out. We we're playing. We we're sharing all these stories, and I remember seeing a crop duster and being like, oh, and I went and got it. And it was the first game that I, re- I, I that I've played. It. I don't know if it's the very first game. Period. I think it might be though, where you could like you're in this open world game, and you could hop into a plane fly and stay in the world there's no loading and you can go land somewhere and i remember getting in the plane and starting and like taking off and feeling this like thrill like in my stomach this like tingling excitement and then your plane's um, upside down in the desert and then i gave it to the (laughs) co-pilot and they were like there's no co-pilot no but i i took off very shakily because now when you when you fly the crop duster you realize that's a shaky son of a bitch like not not the best controls in the the series but I took off and I like was having trouble keeping control because it's very finicky. And I saw like a beach not long after that. And I was like, I'm just going to land. And I landed on the beach safely. And I was so it was exhilarating. So I love thinking. And I, I don't remember. I don't remember if I was listening to running down a dream at that time. But um, it was those kinds of memories that what I would associate with those songs in that game. So, yeah, I really feel like that was the start of a whole new type of integrating popular music into these games. 
And then again, they had such a such a huge, huge track listings. I'm just like scrolling through like what is it? How many stations? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like twelve different stations. And all of them with at least like twelve songs each. Yeah. Like that's crazy to think about. Like on just a on one game they have that many songs on a on one game at one time like, like that. Right. And like popular artists, not, you know, when you think of something like that, you think they're probably getting people who would be lucky to have their songs in a big triple A video game. But no, these are artists that don't need that exposure. They're, they're very well, they can easily say no. And yet they are showing up in these games. Um, I, I always just have like, just memories of like towing things and listening to unsung by helmet for some reason like that just like just ch- uh chaining tow trucks together with that song playing is always uh is always in my memory and that continues to this day obviously grand theft auto 4 and 5 both have huge expansive soundtracks i think um, four four less so just because yeah. like it was a big soundtrack but like a lot of it didn't qu- quite fit i feel like they were using the they they had the popularity and they had the money so let's go ahead and get a bunch of stuff but a lot of it didn't quite fit the same way. Whereas right. I feel like five, they did a much better job of like making it specifically for this game. And they also got, like I said, was saying during the pre-show, like they got a bunch of artists to like do exclusive songs, like specifically yeah. for that game. That's the only time that they, I mean, they have a Tyler, the creator song that he did a song just for the game. I mean, he probably, it was a probably a throwaway song, but still nonetheless, it's only on that game. Like that's the only way you can hear it. So. Well, this the series got so massive that I think artists looked at it like, well, now it's not like, oh, they're lucky to have my music. Now it's the opposite. Now it's like the audience that this game is going to reach. Like, Grand Theft Auto Five made a billion dollars in the first week. Um, it's it's still in the top ten every week in terms of sales. It's, it's such a massive be again game. in November, right? And it's just it's so massive and it reaches such a big audience that getting your song in this game sure they are still lucky you're a big artist you have a lot of pull and a lot of like credibility and clout and stuff but you know your your song is going to be played on this radio station that radio itself is kind of out now but radio and video games is still in so it's interesting that you know you're you're going to get millions of people listening to your song over and over and over again. Well, on and top I, of that, too, like, well, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 go but ahead. Like, you know, like they continue to do it too, like with the online stuff. Like, I, you know, there's an acquaintance I know, uh, the Blessed Madonna, who's like she's in the game. Like, oh yeah, she, you told me about her, that. She's her a music. Right? Yeah, she's one of the DJs. Like yeah. her music, her her mixes are in the game, and like her, she's mo capped and all that stuff. And it's just like, oh, that's really fucking neat like right. i know her she's really cool so like yeah really they start like getting continue to do that sorry no yeah i was just gonna say to throw in that they also they get um what's his name does the yacht rock station kenny oh, loggins kenny loggins yeah kenny fucking loggins <laughs> and it's kenny loggins too it's not like him playing a right. character no it's just kenny loggins do doing yeah it. like yeah, um, the, the, yeah just who they have like doing the radio shows and stuff like that too is like uh they have waves doing like the um like uh, indie, new, punk, whatever. I don't even know what kind of genre to call that anymore. Hipster music. There, that works. Yeah, there we go. Indie, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. and they, they. I mean, they did this. I feel like there was a similar tra- trajectory in the um, 
rock band or like the uh, Guitar Hero rock band games because the first Guitar Hero had mostly covers and rock, rock, I think Guitar Hero 2 as well. It was mostly covers of yeah, like guitar- really good really accurate yeah, covers yeah they did a very good job of covering those songs i mean they're all musicians so right. like yeah i would hope that they you know a- alex navarro is like the, one of the drum was one of the drummers on uh who drummed on a lot of those songs and uh brian gibson of lightning bolt is worked there too and he was playing guitar on a lot of those songs too and did a lot of the programming and back end so like you know they're all established musicians so right. i would hope that they do very good versions of the songs they did like but I think the Rock Band 2 featured two songs that were originals. And I think one was um, Jerry Was a Race Car Driver by Primus. That sounds I think right. was one of them. And I can't remember what the other one was. I remember there was a big deal, though, about... Um, was it Ace of Spades? Two. It was not Ace of Spades. Uh, Guitar Hero 2... Uh, but yeah, those songs, like those, those, the songs on the, those soundtracks were incredible too. Like they did a very good job of like getting a diverse amount of music and like, not just like, you know, just like from one era, like they, right. they spanned like decades and decades. That's why I love with rock band that you could always take your downloaded songs that you purchased and bring them to the next game. And that was one of the reasons that I was so heartbroken when I had that tr- issue because I had purchased um, Pearl Jam's 10 album and, as downloadable content, and then I just trying to download it into Rock Band 4, and they were like, no, we don't have records that you purchased it. And I'm like, here's, here's the records. And they were like, well, we don't see that. And I'm like, here's the video of like, me logging in and accessing it. But anyways, like, yeah, it wasn't just Rock Band stuff. I have Lady Gaga music in Rock Band. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other music that does that i mean there's a isn't there's there's a spongebob SquarePants song i think in there there's like the weirdest songs like and um the beatles obviously the beatles rock band was a huge deal Mm -hmm. because the beatles typically didn't license their music and then they entered an era around that time where they were starting to license their music for more stuff but to get the beatles an entire game dedicated to beatles music with their physical likeness and their story yeah and doing was, that like that doing like the whole story thing was like the yeah. like the coolest part of like the whole presentation of the whole thing the artwork i mean the yeah. beatles are okay but like they're yeah they're okay they're okay, okay. no i'm just kidding i love um, the beatles i they're okay um really you don't i thought you let well gary's gonna gary's throwing yeah, a, a fit right now he probably is he's rolling over i love brain. him gary um stop by jane's addiction possible kingdom by toadies dead by my chemical romance and john the fisherman by primus those were the four original songs uh in guitar that, hero 2 right and everything else was as made famous Every, by everything was else uh were covers yeah so, but and I mean, it was, again they were all good covers right yeah they were so, great i mean there were a couple like the david bowie songs were a little you know off but how do you there's no way to recreate david bowie so it's like um so but they they moved away from that and they started getting into getting the actual licenses and so you could buy whole albums they had an i mean the the company harmonics that made the first two guitar hero games ended up splitting off and making the rock band games um but with guitar hero you had specific games for metallica for green day for aerosmith um they had their they had their own versions yeah (laughs) 
Um, and then Rock Band went on to do, again, Rock Band was more focused on the platform and like allowing you to carry over the licenses that you had bought, you know, previously um, and making it into just more of like a game as service kind of thing. But that was super exciting because they moved away from those covers that were really good and getting these licenses for some of my favorite bands, Smashing Pumpkins, No Doubt, Nine Inch Nails. Um, some of them had more songs than others available. With No Doubt, you had the entire um, Tragic Kingdom album, which I love. And so getting to play that entire album in Rock Band was just mind-blowing. Nine Inch Nails only had a pack of songs, I think, right? Smashing they Pumpkins, had a couple packs. But I mean, hey, yeah. we got the drum to the perfect drug, which is we really fucking hard. We got to try hard. to drum <laughs> <laughs> perfect drug. <laughs> um, parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get that's the thing about those games is like you know those songs so well, so you're like, oh, I'm gonna blow this Smashing Pumpkin song away on drums, and you're like, I'm gonna put it on hard because I know and these then drums you realize, are nice. Then you realize Jimmy Chamberlain's a beast, and yeah, and you're like, cannot I be can't, replicated. Can't be Jimmy Chamberlain. <laughs> How do I use the kick pedal? How do I? Use, I broke <laughs> my first kick pedal for Rock Band for the first game. I do we pre-ordered that, yeah. it, and it did not have any reinforcement on the bottom where after that they started selling in the, with like a, a metal, like I think a, a metal or aluminum. I think it was, a, yeah, it, was, it was a metal plate, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, because people like me, I don't know how to, pl- I don't know how to use the drum pedal. Like it's supposed to be used where your heel stays on the floor and your foot just, it like hurts my foot to do that. Um, like the, the tendon between my foot and my leg, it just gets really cramped. And so I have to bounce my foot and it, that hurts my hip like i like not my hip but i sounds i'm really old it hurts my like hip flexor or some kind of muscle um and so that has its own kind of pain but like the first one i'm like bouncing my foot and just smashing on the fucking bass pedal and just within like a week snap it just broke and i was like fuck i can't that, drum that and, was and that, and that was the thing too is like at the time like they only had so many kits because yeah they didn't know if it was going to take off this is their first endeavor doing this grand thing it's like what was like a hundred fifty dollar two hundred dollar box set yeah the, the whole kit so it's just like they they were hoping to at least like break even on it let alone like you know sell a, as many as they did so you know you break your foot pedal it's like well we'll try to produce more when we can sort of thing yeah they did though to be fair i mean they shipped they out yes. a reinforced version um for free so good on them yeah um, but then after that every every one that they shipped had a a metal reinforcement in the bottom and i still have it and i still bust it out on occasion because i love those games they were huge at the time and i think like you said harmonics was probably like well guitar heroes huge like we're no one knows who we are other than like hardcore gamers so we'll try to put out our own thing we'll we're gonna allow you to play drums and bass and sing um, but it blew up and it was huge. And there were, there was a period of years there where plastic guitars and drums were just all over the place. Like all, it was akin to the Wii, I think of like people who didn't normally play video games were playing rock band and guitar hero at parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, bars would have bars would have like rock band night, you know, where they'd have everything set up and you can come in and you can, you know, put in like, I'm going to, I'm going to play guitar in this song while I'm getting drunk, you know, sort of thing. And we um, forgot to mention it in our multiplayer. Um, you had sent a, a message to our group chat with Gary, and you were like, oh, Gary oh, we sent, "No, Gary, Gary sent that." Oh, Gary. okay, Gary. Sorry, give him don't credit. pin that on me. Do um, just remember that Ron hates the Beatles, and 
yeah, he, he mentioned that because we played that a lot and we like had mic stands because we didn't know where to do what to do with the mic. We didn't want to hold it. So we like we wanted to play guitar and play mic at the same time. So first we hung it from like a hook in the ceiling. Um, it worked. It did work. Yeah, it was hard, but it, it worked. Um, but yeah, we would try to play guitar and sing at the same time. We had a band. We went through the story mode. It was a lot of fun. But the licensing was a big part of that. Those games, if if they had continued on with the as made famous by, I don't think it was would have been as exciting. But to know that you're going to go in there and listen to songs that were formative for you and like you could play along with them and and fantasize about being in this band that's playing these songs in front of thousands of people was super cool, just really exciting. And like it too, like because they are musicians, like everything about it. F- felt real too like yeah even though you're just hitting like you know a couple buttons like it felt like you would be playing chords and stuff like that and like i after like i've learned how to play bass a bit and stuff like that like i go back and kind of play it like it kind of makes sense like Mm -hmm. how they're doing their like you know button presses and stuff like that it makes sense like how they would why they would dictate it or dictate those notes to those buttons and in this order and all that stuff like a lot of it makes sense. Yeah, that's why there there was a lot of snarkiness with people around that being like, oh, I'll just play a real instrument. If you want to play, just go play. And yeah, it's like, go fucking play a real instrument. It's a lot harder right. than it looks, dick. Exactly. <laughs> they made, there was such a good balance between like making it fun, but making it also feel skill-based. Of course, it's not the same as playing a, a chord, you know, a series of chords on a guitar. Um, that's, that is much harder, but it, like you said, it simulated that feeling of moving up and down the neck and playing solos. That's why I didn't really love what they did with Rock Band 4 with the solos. Or Rock Band 5, was it? I don't remember. But they messed the solos up where you could just play whatever you wanted. I liked mm-hmm. that feeling of playing a really fast solo. I wasn't great at some of the ones that were just like lightning fast and just like a jumble of notes. But when it when it really felt like you were playing that solo, it was just this like really magical feeling. Um but let's talk about some other examples. So there were there was a series of games like the Def Jam games that it's weird because they had licensed music in them, but they were more really about licensing personalities because cult- they had like hip hop culture in general. Right. They had they had <laughs> hip hop artists and rappers like in these games fighting each other. Yeah. Um or wasn't there an there wasn't there so an the, NBA Street game too that did that? Um maybe oh, I'll look it up. But the um yeah, the Def Game James Def wow. what? <laughs> Def Game James, yeah. All right. <laughs> Def Jam games were um made by uh I believe it's a Kai who uh were like the original like 64 wrestling games, so like uh WCW NWO World Tour and like the WWF games uh at that time um that just like easy like push button push harder button you know sort of thing like grapple system and all that stuff some of like the better wrestling games in my opinion a lot of people disagree but fuck them um they took that engine that that fighting wrestling engine and put it into or put like def jam into it so they put rappers hip-hop like all this stuff into these games and you're you know playing like a couple of wu-tang characters or people and you're facing off against like E40 and Bubba Sparks and like Snoop Dogg right. and stuff like that. And like, you know, you're hearing these tracks behind it too. And like Def Jam Fight for New York is 
fucking a great game. I wish I could. I heard it. Yeah. I, I need to go back and try to play that. I need to find an easy way to play that. Uh, that's not hooking up an old console, but yeah, that game's got like a, a, a good story mode, all fun story mode. Which is probably not good comparatively, but you know, I remember it being fun and just like in depth and like, yeah, it was a fun game. But yeah, like I had just all these like all these tracks that you would not expect to like hear like in a licensed game sort of deal. Um, and, and I think what's cool about it is that, like you said, it was highlighting hip hop culture and like black culture. And it was made by many, I don't know about the development team itself, but Def Jam, I know was from what I understood pretty involved in it. And so they were trying to make it for an audience that video games weren't normally made for, you know, they were trying to make it for black players and like have really good representation. And so it's kind of sad that it, you know, didn't hit very big and and didn't stick around because I think it would be cool to have more of those the game i was thinking of i just looked this up and i had forgotten about it but it's called rap jam volume one for the super nintendo oh i know what it's you're talking a, about now it's a basketball game <laughs> it says this from the wikipedia the game is played on an urban basketball court with fisticuffs and no foul calls fisticuffs come on wikipedia who wrote that um but it had it had hip-hop uh and rap artists um, it had Coolio, it had House of Pain, LL Cool J, Naughty by Nature, Onyx, Public Enemy. Wait, really? It says Flavor Flav, Chuck D, and Terminator X from Public Enemy. Um, Queen Latifah was in it, Warren G. <laughs> so the, I'm assuming then this probably had some licensed music, huh? I think so. Well, I I'm mean, looking, for the Super I'm Nintendo. I'm looking this yeah. up here. Um, it, the, the Wikipedia article, article is woefully short, but it was developed by Motown Software. It had all of it had Everlast in there. It had all of Onyx, fucking Sticky Fingers, Frito Star, Jeez. Yeah, um, they also made Baby's Kids for Super Nintendo. <laughs> so only two games they made. I'm gonna have to look um, up the soundtrack later here. But yeah, like that. That is something that I I totally forgot. And apparently, in NBA 2K22, it looks like. Um, they're going to add some hip hop stars to the my career mode. So they're still doing that. But yeah, I think that the Def Jam games were on sort of the cutting edge of that. And the same thing with um, Wu-Tang Shaolin style. That was like a fighting game. So actually, uh, you bring that up. Uh, it's funny that you put that on the list. I was actually just reading an article earlier this week about the history of that game. Um, oh, what's it called? The... Uh, the secret history of Wu-Tang's Wu-Tang Clan's bizarre hip-hop fighting game. Uh, basically, the game started out as a game called Thrill Kill in 99, which was going to be put out by Virgin Interactive. And then I think, I believe, if I remember correctly, Virgin got bought out by EA, and EA decided that the game was too violent yeah. to be put out. And then, so, they apparently, the game was like pretty much near gold, like, it was it, it, like you could find final states of it like online and all that stuff. But apparently the game was pirated and um, someone recognized like one of the developers recognized someone wearing uh, or one of the developers I think was wearing a thrill kill hat and someone recognized them and say, Oh, that game's really cool. Like, and they didn't know that the game was like you could buy pirated copies of the game. So then they went back and kind of like, decided to try to get it 
put out in one way or another. And then they tied Wu Ting. I haven't finished the story yet, but yeah, they put Wu Ting in there. Um, game's bad. Uh, it's not a great <laughs> fighting game. Um, but it was like, it's basically like a four player Mortal Kombat ish yeah. thing. Uh, just not good. Um, what about the music? Actually, now that I think about it, did, it, it did has, they... it, yeah, it has, it has like, uh, like tracks from like 36 tra- chambers and stuff like that. So it actually has like, Wu-Tang songs in it and I mean all the characters do their voices in it as well too so um but yeah I wish that game was good that's interesting I don't I didn't remember the connection with Thrill Kill but Thrill Kill like you said was such a big deal because it was coming off the Mortal Kombat controversy and at that point in time the debate in video games was more about that was more about the violence seen in mortal Kombat and not so much about grand theft auto yet mm-hmm. um which would come well, later no it would it, no because grand theft auto uh thrill kill was 99 so the first grand theft auto was 97 98 so it was it was starting around that time yeah but um, that was a very different controversy than the now like at that point in time yeah. it was like oh you could deal drugs there's a game where you could deal yeah. drugs and like run people over but later it became more about like school shootings and stuff like that yeah. and thrill at this kill, point in time thrill kill was specifically like you know it, it had dominatrixes and you know stuff like that and like that's yeah. what people were having a a hissy about uh and plus just like the over-the-top violence of the game too again it was like you know it's a mortal combat essentially yeah. so you know over-the-top fatalities yeah, but but I thought again there was this that period where there were like hip hop hip hop artists and rappers being introduced into games as characters, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, a very similar situation, not very similar, actually very different. But Spice World for this for the PlayStation. That was a terrible, <laughs> terrible segue, Joey. That was so terrible. Well, not really, because you have pop stars being the characters in the game but it was following the plot of the movie i think now the thing is like i was actually a spice spice girls fan back in the day which was very weird because as you mentioned on a previous podcast i was like dressed in all black i had a shaved head i had all these like silver necklaces and rings um i was very gothy slash rocky slash industrial and i listened to nine inch nails and unfortunately marilyn manson and all this like dark rock and stuff and then I'm like, yay, Spice Girls. I liked <laughs> I liked the Spice Girls. And like I Avril saw the Levine. Spice World. I loved Avril Lavigne when she came out. Yeah. Um and Minogue. Kai Minogue is I only I only like a couple of her songs, but um she is very attractive. But Spice World was a movie that came out of the Spice Girls and they were in it and it was very dumb and stupid. And I saw it, I think in theaters maybe, but did Gary go with me? I thought I think I, Gary might have gone with me. I don't know. I have to to bug him about that. But then a video game came out for the PlayStation and there were the characters. I don't remember if they did the voices. I don't remember if the sound, if the, the, if they did the soundtrack even. I I would assume uh, just because it's a licensed game, I would assume that they probably cut as many corners as possible. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Here's, here's a song that sounds like the song that you like, even though it's the actual artist. (laughs) When three become two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the great <laughs> um, value version. <laughs> but I mean, I think it speaks to that intersection, though, of like massive pop popularity and video games because they were both markets that were burgeoning at the time. They were huge. And so when you have a Spice Girls brand 
you're like, what do we do? What can we do with it? We can do everything with it. So there was like Spice Girls, everything. Um, and a video game just seemed like a natural extension of that. But like I said, we've had Aerosmith in games. They've had two video games now. The fact that Aerosmith has two video games is kind of mind-blowing. It's a travesty. Um, but another case that I thought of was I was very sad by. There was a game that was supposed to come out for the original Xbox called Malice. And it was supposed That's to be right. a, it never I remember. Came out, did it? it never came out. It got can- I think. Well, I don't know. It might have actually come out later. I thought it was canceled, though, because... It was a game that was in development. It was supposed to be like, if I remember correctly, like an action platformer. And the band, No Doubt, who has always been one of my favorite bands, was supposed to be in the game. The main character of the game was supposed to be voiced by Gwen Stefani. And then the other members of the band were meant to be like other characters in the game. It wasn't them. It wasn't a No Doubt game. It wasn't like No Doubt's running around like Beatles Hard Day's Night or anything like that. Um but it was but they were voicing the characters and i think there was supposed to be music in the game and then slowly quietly no doubt dipped out of that and then they weren't in the game anymore and then i think the game got canceled i don't remember if it got released later as like a something um, else it's nine dollars on ebay so i'm going to assume that it got released and part um, of me wants to buy it just because there was a connection to no doubt but if i remember correctly it, uh... got terrible reviews um, it was Argonaut's final title released and the company went out of business two months after the Xbox version came out in Europe. So yeah, I don't think it did so well. Uh, some of the, um, members of the band, I don't, I don't think Gwen Stefani was much of a gamer, but some of the other members were huge gamers. Um, and again, their music ended up in rock band. I know in their, um, hella good video, there are shots of them playing jet set radio which also had a soundtrack if i remember it did have a soundtrack yes it did they had bs 2000 and uh, a couple other uh bands in there yeah i forgot about that yeah um and that i think that about covers some of oh wait you have max Payne 3 tell me about that i don't know about uh max Payne 3 uh the entire score and soundtrack was done by the band health um who have also been featured in other rockstar games uh but they're like an industrial noisy band from Mm. la and they're really fucking good uh but that game kind of probably made them blow up to a bigger status than what they were at that point um but it's just it's a great score like um they took some you know liberties with with the actual sounds or you know the original soundtrack peppered it in there and then just like did just this really like driving soundtrack uh, Tears is a good song if you want to um, hear like the, the high point of that of that soundtrack. Um, I see you have um, Churches in there as well for Death yeah. Stranding. Death Stranding. So before I get to that though, because I think that moves us into like the more modern contemporary time period. Um, before then though, I wanted to mention the, the neither one of us added any of the rhythm games that you used to be a big fan of. Oh but yeah, like, like the frequency and uh, amplitude yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I forgot about you, those. You mentioned also made by harmonics. Yeah, and you mentioned health, like Max Payne making health big. I thought of those games and Freeze Pop. Right? Didn't those yeah, games blow they did, them? They them blow up? For, Freeze Pop up. Yeah. Wasn't uh, Lady Tron in one of those games too? No, Lady Tron was not in one of those games, okay. but no doubt was. I think. Weren't they? Oh, interesting. I don't remember. I, don't I didn't remember. play those games that much. I I think I only played them at your your place. I think Probably, you were like, yeah. you got to play these. Uh, and and I would oh, come over. also forgot about MTV Music Generator. 
Remember that? I forgot about that. I did yeah. not. I don't. I, now I do. And uh, we could talk about um, Celebrity Deathmatch because. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to talk <laughs> about Celebrity Deathmatch. There was a game Death of match. that. <laughs> and there were no. some musicians in there. <laughs> no, we're um, not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Death Stranding uh, had a soundtrack that had a lot of contemporary artists on it. But the uh, they have a separate soundtrack th- that. I think it says music from the game or music inspired by the game. And it has a bunch of contemporary artists, but in the game itself, it's mostly done by um, a band called low roar, but churches has a song in there as well. And so does someone else. I'm trying to remember some, another pretty big artist, but like, I, I think it's, it's the reason I, I separate it in my mind as like a new type of using music is because I think it's doing sort of what you were talking about with Grand Theft Auto Vice City and San Andreas, where these specific scenes in the game are written with the music in mind and maybe even like in development, they're listening to those musics because Death Stranding is mostly a silent game. Like through most of it, there's no music. There's only the sound of the world, but then there's very specific parts that are meant to be evocative um, where you'll, come over the crest of a hill and see the city that you're going to. And you've just spent theoretically hours in this wasteland, just trying to get, just trying to travel, just trying to get over rivers and over mountains and stuff. And you finally crest this ridge and you see this city that you're going to, or this station or whatever. And like this music will start playing and the name of the band comes up on the screen. So it's a weird sort of meta thing because you're still in the world of the game but it's 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 like hey now playing you know <laughs> low roar and then the the title of the track which i'm forgetting at this moment but um and so it was weird cuz then suddenly it feels like you're watching a movie it's like very cinematic like the cutscenes in grand theft auto mm-hmm. um but i think that soundtrack is really memorable and then like i said then there's a whole separate soundtrack outside of the game that's music inspired by and it has a bunch of popular artists on it but um, another, another game that just popped up I, I haven't played it, but I've heard so much about the music in it. Um, uh, Alan Wake. Oh, I heard yeah. that does really good things with like the 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 cues, the music cues in that too. I forgot about that. Same uh, here. And they there was a whole licensing thing where they had to take it off of Steam, I think, because yeah. they didn't they couldn't renew the licenses. So I immediately went out and bought it because they were like, if you buy it now, you'll still get the music. And um, and from what I understand, like you said, it's like a pretty pivotal part of the experience so yeah i need to go back and i need to go back and play that game especially after playing control and i I really want to kind of go back and see alan wake i heard it's not as it doesn't play as well but um before we talk about the last thing uh tell me about emily is away we accidentally skipped over that there right well yeah because that's i didn't put these i should have put these in chronological order i was just they were popping into my head and that is one again one of the newer games that uses music in a in a way especially Emily is away three, but in the first two Emily is away games, they take place in like 2000, 2001 kind of era. And so there's no music per se, but you're in this AOL instant messenger interface. And so you can choose like avatars or whatever they were called at the time, icons um, that are from different bands or movies or whatever. And then you could pick, as you would back in the day for like your away message, you would pick like lyrics to a song. Um, and like later on, I think in Emily is away too, they had like muse, but in the first game, I think they had like Avril Lavigne and green day. Um, 
and so it was trying to tap into that music that was popular at the time and it fucking worked like i was like i recognize these bands and these probably would be the icons that i would have back in the day uh and they would work it would be worked into the conversations you'd be like oh did you hear the new you know blink 182 song yeah it was great that kind of thing but then emily is away three does something really interesting because there are these characters. So I, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but in Emily is away. It's a basically almost sort of a dating sim narrative. Cause it's not really a dating sim. It's a, it's a, it's a narrative and there's really only a few characters, but part of the core of part of the narrative is, is your character that you're playing, trying to date one or two of the, well, not two, but one of these two girls. And in Emily is away three, the two girls have very different tastes in music and they might send you a link in this virtual because in the third game it's facebook it's a face it's a virtual fictional version of facebook called facenook and they might send you a link and be like oh did you check out my my playlist and you go to the playlist and it actually opens up a fictional youtube interface but it embeds a real youtube video of that band and so you see the band and like it looks like it's from the year 2000 eight i can't remember when the game takes place but like early facebook years and everything's like pixelized and you see fake comments and stuff like that but it's so cool because it's like it has the it has this, this this real music and you're experiencing it in a way that's a, not as but like you know one of the few ways that you can actually like imagine or or experience it as you would have on Facebook in 2008 or whatever. I'm, I'm kind of curious though, if that was a, if they were able to skirt licensing fees because they're technically not including the song in the game, right. they're just including a link to it. So I'm wondering if they were able to do all that because, you know, I mean, they're, they're not, you know, not a small studio, but I'm sure they're not like a big studio that can afford like right. a lot of that stuff. So I'm wondering uh, if that was a way to skirt that. Looking at they're, they're pretty small i think it's just one dude yeah <laughs> um i think he probably could because it's not like you said it's not in the game and they're still getting the views like they're getting someone the clicking monetization on that YouTube. yeah right so I, that's probably how it how we got around it but part of me is like but this is a game that's eventually going to be outdated because those links may go away or may change and yeah. so unless it stays updated at some point they're going to be like check out my playlist and you're going to go to it and it's going to be like <laughs> half of the videos are going to be gone, but <laughs> this video has been blocked by BMI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I thought that that was a really cool way to cool and pretty unique way to like integrate music. Yeah. Um, but tell me about the red dead redemption Two soundtrack, because that the, is min- minimal. I would say it's there, but it's, it doesn't. The, the, the thing is though, is they, they had like, uh, Daniel and Lenoir, like a, huge canadian producer um he has produced the likes of bob dylan peter gabriel neil young brian eno uh you know scott wyland uh venetian snares like he's just had his hands in a lot a lot of stuff um but i mean the soundtrack also features d'angelo and josh homme and willie nelson like and they're all like original song and they're i think almost everything was written by uh daniel lenoir and uh maybe a couple other people but you know like that was a huge soundtrack especially too like same thing like worked uh the songs like the d'angelo song is the song that plays when arthur is going back um 
uh, after uh, finding out he's got tuberculosis, like that that mm-hmm. long ride back. Uh, it's just it's, it's such a fitting song and fucking heartbreaking. Um, it was the first time that I realized that there was music in the game. I think there was before that, but I yeah. it was it's used so minimally that I didn't think about it very much. But that ride, that song hit me so hard because of the situation in the game, like you said, that I was like, oh shit, there's like music in this game. Music yeah. that doesn't really belong in this game because of the time period, but it fits so well. Yeah. Um, sorry, there's like rain coming in. So I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to keep that from going. Um, yeah, no, it, it's super minimal. Like even the, the first game too, like it, it had a minimal soundtrack. It also had, uh, some more popular music, well popular in the sense that like it was major recording artists, uh, yeah. Jose Gonzalez and, uh, Jamie Lydell were on the soundtrack, but they were mostly just kind of just like a one-off track. Whereas, uh, Lenoir like did kind of like the whole, whole main score, Along with, uh, I think Woody Johnson, I think is the uh, in-house uh, rock star writer. I believe that's who it was. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you know another another one where it's like you know having bigger artists do a game sort of thing, like do the whole thing, sort of like the health doing the whole score and all that stuff. And but I guess so much on that one though, it's like they did, he did a really good job of making it sound. Um, making it fit in there without it being overly pronounced sort of thing. Like like you said, like you didn't even realize that there was music in the game until those points hit. They made yeah. sure that like those, like they didn't want to overshadow the rest of the stuff. I feel like that's the same thing with like the health soundtrack, like for Max Payne 3. They did a really good job of kind of making it work with the whole game. Because uh, I think Tears is the only song in it that has lyrics. Uh, and that's not until like near the way end of the game too. Um, but yeah, music. It's pretty music. cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. And I feel the thing is, I feel like we've, we have talked so much already and I feel like we've scratched the surface because there's so many games, even just in the course of this conversation that popped up that we had forgotten about. Yeah. So I feel like there's already games where you're probably going to send me a message in an hour being like, oh shit, we forgot about this or something. So I've downloaded the soundtrack for rap jam. uh, So I'm (laughs) really interested to hear, uh, really interested to hear how some of this stuff sounds. Actually, I'm going to see if I can pull up, see if it's got a track listing here. Is there anything? uh, This is going to be bad. Oh no, there's no, there's no, no, it's just like, what's a virus. (laughs) There's like no, like, it's like, Entering tournament, entering tournament, winning tournament, you lost, you lose, you won. Like, no, there's no actual like, oh. music. I'll take a look later, but I don't, I, I have a feeling that we're not going to get what we want. I do have the, <laughs> yeah. I do have the Chrono Trigger soundtrack on here. It's just and a little clip Carnage. of, um, of I wish isn't, wasn't he in the game? <laughs> Skilo? No, Skilo is not in the game. Oh, damn it. You because lose. He, because he wasn't tall enough. He wasn't a baller. It just That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you lose and it's just, I wish I was a little bit taller. And that's it. So just just, a, just, that, just that little clip. I got rock or and roll racing right here. They have him in there, but he's really short and you, you can't get any high strikes on him. You can't do any like face punches or anything. You just have to do sweeps. <laughs> um. But yeah, so any any other anything else you wanna you wanna touch on? I feel like we've talked about uh, quite I'm a sure, bit. But... I'm sure there's other stuff, but this rain's starting to come down and I don't feel like editing too much out of the podcast. All right. Well so, then, thank you timing. for 
joining us once again. Tab will be back soon. I'm not sure. I think they said maybe next week, so maybe we'll we'll see what's going on then. But um, you can find Ron on Twitter at Big Bad Ron. You can find yep. me on Twitter at Losperman. What'd you say? I said yep. I was just confirming. Oh, okay. That's all. I thought you said not because I part of my brain still thinks not Big that's, Bad. That's Ron, my so. Instagram account. Yeah. Uh, so Instagram not Big Bad Ron or Handsome Boy Frank. Oh yeah, um, my cat. I never, yeah, I never really plug my Instagram because it's all pictures of my cat as well. But if you want to check out my Instagram, it's something probably Vosperman or Joey Cronwell. Um, email us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any, especially if you have any, any games that have popular music, uh, popular artists or music in them that we forgot. Cause again, there's a ton of them and there's some really weird stuff out there. So if you have any, feel free to send them in. We'd love to read them on the podcast. Uh, other than that, thank you so much for joining us and we will talk to you later bye <laughs> thanks for stopping by <laughs> i saw your face you were like that just <laughs> yeah, it's coming all right bye bye